welcome to the Testimony Revival Podcast. This is your host, Brandi Loper. Today's guest is Audrey Churchward, and she's going to be sharing her testimony about Jesus' faithfulness in her life. Hey, Audrey, how's it going today? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Brandy, thanks for having me today. Yay, I'm so excited. excited. I can't wait to hear your story of how Jesus really came into your life. Before we get to that, though, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with Jesus? Okay, yeah. I've been, I grew up in the church, gave my life to Jesus, second grade. And when I was about nine years old, we, my parents decided to work for the church and we moved overseas and lived in Europe and then kind of traveled around the world working for different churches. So they were missionaries? They were missionaries. And pretty much most of my childhood years were living overseas and working for the church. Where did you live? We lived in Holland for five years, in Germany for three years. In that, we've actually, we visited South Africa a few times and did some street evangelism and dancing in the streets. And, and then we moved to Bolivia, South America, where my mother is from. And we lived there. I lived there almost three years, finishing up my high school years there. Okay. And then... And then my parents stayed there and I moved to college after that. Okay. And so this is where you really experienced Jesus on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything about Jesus, who Jesus was, what his mission was all encompassed with my family belief and we did everything together. So yeah. Okay. So it's time to go off to college. You went to a college in New York, right? Upstate New York. And it's, it's your first time away from your family. First time. Which most college kids experience. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and tell us your experience and share how Jesus kind of broke through in this time in your life. Yeah. So after high school, I was excited to just explore and just kind of be out on my own and just experience life. And so my parents flew me over and originally we picked that one because that was just uh, it had a very good music program. And so, and I, I loved music. I loved to sing at the time. And so my parents flew me over and got me settled in, kissed goodbye. And there I was by myself in a completely different new environment. I, I would say though, as a child, I was very good at kind of adapting myself into very different environments because I had to growing up. I mean, we changed, we moved quite often. So it wasn't it wasn't the, the newness that really kind of set me off guard. I, I quickly started to find out that it was just, I didn't really know who I was without my parents. And so there was, it was almost like a self-discovery of just kind of, well, what is Audrey like? And I mean, even to the point of, and not that my parents were controlling, it was just, I, you know, that movie Runaway Bride. It's literally like when she, when she was like, I don't even know how I like my eggs. I'm like, that was me. I'm like, And so, because as a missionary kid, you eat what's put in front of you. You don't have options, right? So there was a lot of new things, a lot of self-discovery. And and even, I I love people. I immediately started gravitating towards people that I would think would be really good friends with. And, uh, you know, you're... I, I quickly found out that I was I was really starving for commonality, familiarity, kind of a safe place. You know, it was just over time, there's just so many new stuff. Got into really 
great group of girls from Canada. Love those girls. They, they brought life and fun to my life there. There were a lot of things that I did, you know, they like to go to clubs and in Canada, I guess the, the drinking age is 19. So it was like, Ooh, you don't have to be 21. Let's go to Canada. And all of that stuff was new to me. I never, I, I would have a sip here and there with my parents of wine, but it wasn't like, okay, this is like what the world does, you know? And I was kind of excited to try it out, dancing and all of that, that it was just all so new to me. But I was excited just to be a part of some group, somebody, some acceptance. So, so then as time, so a year goes by and I, I started to feel really homesick. Up until that point, life kind of got a little bit more stressful because I was discovering who I was. And it, even some of, the, some of the stuff that my girlfriends would do, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like I kind of felt like this little check in here, like, do I do that? Do I not? So there was, I felt like I was being pulled away and drawn away from who I really was because I was just starved for affection and I was starting to feel a little lonely and, and like I said, homesick. So after a year goes by, I call my mom up and I was like, mom, I, I want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore. I, I don't like it. Cause at that point I had, I had changed my majors three point three times as well. Cause I didn't, again, know what I wanted to do. I had all these options and all this like possibilities that I didn't really have a clear understanding of what I wanted to do with my life. I think it was like business biology major, which I laugh now. I'm like, Audrey biology. Like why? <laughs> Why would I want to do that? I mean, I, I love biology, but like not as my life career. It was just, you know, there are kids that go to college. They know exactly what they're going to yeah. do. They stick with it. I admired those I, kids. Yeah, absolutely. And so you were just like, what am I going to do? What and you're kind of all over life? the map, yeah. like whatever interested you really yeah. like, oh, I like that. I could probably mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So my mom's like, Audrey, I want you to stay there another year. And which is crazy that my mom even said that. Cause my mom is like, come to me, baby. Like all the time. She's like, if you don't like it, like in the beginning of the year before I went, she's like, if you don't like it, we can just send you home. And I'm like, okay, that's good. But not this time. Not when I called her. Then she's like, nope, I, I really feel like God wants you to stay there another year. And I was like, why? Just like crying on the phone, like literally for probably about a month I cried. And up into that point though, I decided, okay, I'm going to be in music program, which was the initial, the original reason why I went there, started the music program, was on probation because I didn't go there initially for music, which most kids go there as soon as they start, it's like music. So they're like, is this girl serious? So, and they sing classical, which I've never sang classical before. So I had to put on my opera hat on and get all crazy that way. The uh, program was, you know, at least four hours of practicing every day by yourself in a room, which was torture for me because I love people. I just love being around people. So that was like really hard for me. But in that year, what was really cool, and this is kind of what really highlighted God's faithfulness to me in my life and that he's real to Audrey and that he does see Audrey, not just part of a family, but he sees me individually was I remember this family came, they had just started coming and they, they felt God call them to start a worship, a worship group where they just would just sing worship songs on campus and they would do it, you know, twice a night or something like that. And I remember going to the first time and I was just like, I felt like I took a a breath for the first time and was like, this feels good. This feels right. This feels like I'm home. 
to be in this space of just worship. And they would worship for like two or three hours of, you know, just nonstop. And so I started regularly going to that. And then that family found out that I sang. And so they're like, why don't you join the worship team? And I was like, awesome. Okay. I, I was like, I don't know, you know, uh, you know what, what to expect, but I was hungry to be in that environment. And I, it drew me and it made me feel comfortable and safe. Because up to this point, now you had your Canadian girlfriends. Canadian girlfriends. And then, but you were kind of friends with a bunch of different groups of people because you were really That's trying true. to find yep. where you belonged yep. because you really didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so I remember you had told me before that you had found this one, like all these different groups. And you also, like mm-hmm. you kind of started transforming you started changing a little Mm -hmm. bit you started feeling yourself you couldn't identify with who you were before because you started transforming and your mom even noticed it that's right tell me more about that. that's right so I think what happened to me was because I didn't really know who I was that I started trying to fit myself and mold me into what I thought would one, protect me, but then also just kind of give me a place in college to be accepted. So I remember one time my mom, I'd sent her a picture. Later, she told me this. She, she did not tell me this in college because she wanted to make sure that I stayed. Yeah. <laughs> she goes later when she's, she's like, Audrey, I was seriously concerned for you because when I saw a picture of you, I, I, I didn't recognize you. I didn't know who you were. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's so she goes on to say like my hair, my style. So what I did was I had, I had long hair, awesome long hair. That's long gone now. I don't know where that is, but I had awesome long hair. I cut it to pixie cut and then bleached it platinum. And then a lot of the clothes that I arrived with in college was just not cool. So then I started to just kind of get, you know, it was, it was like in the nineties. So like baggy was cool overalls, all of that. But so anyway, so she's like, Audrey, you just looked so more masculine, like just a little bit more butch than, you know, like, and you are one of the most feminine girls that I know and like what happened in that season. So I I didn't really pick up on it until she had mentioned, I'm like, you're right. And I, I was reflecting back on, on why I did that. And I came to the conclusion that because I was so insecure because I didn't know who I was, I felt that if I looked tough on the outside or looked cool, that wouldn't see the insecurity and the chaos that's actually going on inside of me. So if I act tough, that kind of gave me a little bit of control. Like, oh, Audrey knows what she's doing. Audrey knows who she is. And so, you know, even when we went out clubbing and stuff like that, like I'd, I, I, I didn't feel myself, but I felt accepted. And that was good enough for me in that moment. Even, even when it came to boys, like I remember there, were, there was one particular guy. It was so funny. He's, his, his name was Mike. And the, the common kind of commonality that we had that kind of drew us together was that he played guitar and he loved to sing too. So I was like, yes, like I want to be around you, you know? Um, the catcher though, like we became really good friends, but the hilariousness of it is that he came up to my chest. So, so literally we had to like kind of side hug every time we hug because otherwise he'd be like nestling in my chest and people would always make fun of us. Cause I'm, cause I'm five ten, and he was like five, six, maybe on a good day. So I find I, and, and, you know, growing up in, in, with my parents, I didn't even date in high school. So at that point 
I didn't know what dating looked like. I, I mean, I hung out with a lot of guys, had a lot of guy friends, but college was like my first kind of how to even act around boys. And so, so I felt, so with Mike, it was just kind of like looking back now, it was kind of like, I, I just remember feeling so starved for affection because my family is very affectionate. I never went far with Mike, but I just remember kind of crossing some boundaries that I felt that I shouldn't have crossed. And, you know, it's kind of like that little Holy Spirit, like, bing, let's stop what you're doing because it could essentially lead to things that you would regret, you know, that I didn't go any further. But I, it to me, it just highlighted the starving for affection and just feeling valued and wanted and so, yeah, those, those were, and then, you know, the music school was another kind of group of friends. I just tried I, everything. You tried were really everything. trying to find yourself. Tried it sounds everything. like just really trying yeah. to figure out what do I like? Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward back to, okay. So you're now a part of the worship band yep. or the, right. A worship, worship band. Mm-hmm. You're singing mm-hmm. with them. Okay. Yep. So tell us about that. Yeah. So it was, it was awesome. I, the main, the main feeling that I remember is being myself, just being a part of it was so easy and it was comfortable and it was, it was like, it was designed just for me. Yeah. You didn't have to didn't feel have to like work. you had to dress yeah. a certain way or act it a certain was hard way. Work. It just felt easy. And, and I, I really quickly became very close with that family. And I, Look, I know that I'm not the only person on the planet, but I do believe that God had that family set aside for me. I really do feel that way. And I, I remember them saying to me before I, before that second year, then end of the second year, they're like, Audrey, you have a gift on your life and you were meant to do this. And she, he's like, you know, just be mindful that the track that you're going, because at that time I had decided to do the vocal performance track at the music school. And he's like, just be aware that they're going to form you how they want to form you. And if that's where you want to go, then that's great. But just know that you have such a gift to usher in the presence of God. And Mike, my one thing, he, he said this, he's like, I want to make sure that you don't lose yourself and know that this is very much a part of who you are. And so I never, I never forgot that even, even after college, I always remember that, that season and that, that kind of an awakening within me of like, okay, this, I think I'm closer to where God wants me to be in his purposes for my life. And, and you had a vision when you were a little girl. That's right. Correct. Okay. So when you mm -hmm. join this worship team, you know, it just kind of all sank in and it it kind of relates to this vision that God gave you. So why don't you share that? Yeah. So the, so I I was back in Germany when I had this vision. How old were you? I was 15. Okay. 15 years old. And I had this vision and I told my mom, I'm like, mom, I just had this vision. It's so weird. She's like, what was it? And I said, I I remember being kind of isolated. It was, I was standing alone. I was isolated, but I just remember when I opened up my mouth, I saw these, like I saw a bell and then I saw these sound waves coming out of that bell. So in it, and those sound waves continued, it was endless. Like I had this sense that it was a forever thing, like an eternity thing. And, and I felt like that bell was me. Like God was saying that bell is you. And I, again, I didn't know what that meant, but I remembered after, you know, this, this, the worship time, you know, at New York, in New York, that, that came to memory. And I was like, God, maybe, maybe this is, I'm on the right track now. And, you know? and I like how you even started that, where your vision started, where you were isolated. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You were isolated mm-hmm. and 
It's just you. It's and you know, I, I really feel like that is almost, well, we need that to mm. really find our identity in Christ. Mm. We need to be away from all of the other things we could possibly attach to. Yeah, and I so love good. that he gave you that space to mm. do it. And he was always right there with you. Just, hey, Audrey, don't go too far. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you were aware of it, which was amazing. You were aware of his voice. You heard his mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't do things that you feel you may not, you wouldn't have been proud of. Yeah. But that you were, I mean, he gave you this vision when you're 15 and here you are Mm -hmm. isolated Mm -hmm. and you find this worship team. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the second year, I I felt a release. So actually, let me back up. So while I was being a part of that worship team, I I remember watching a VHS video (laughs) of, it was very, it was very recent clippings of baptismal videos of a church it was actually a school but it came off it it branched off of from a church and it was a part of the brownsville revival that was happening in pensacola florida at that time it swept through florida and brownsville church uh had this school that they started anyways these these baptismal videos were these young kids who were being baptized but they were being i and i'd never seen this before after they had been baptized and brought up, the spirit of God was so like strong on them that they just, there was so much joy. There was so much like, like you could tell even in the VHS video of just, you could just tell that, that, that God was on them and there were these young people. And I, and I, I instantly saw that and I was like, God, I want to be a part of that. And, and that was the beginning of, and I ended up ten- attending that school and graduating from that school. But I, I remember that being a highlight in my life saying, wow, I, maybe I've always been meant to stay in the ministry. Cause that, but in college I was, I'm going to have the American dream. I'm going to have a house. I'm going to have a car. I'm not going to be moving. I'm not, I'm not ever going to move. Okay. Cause at that point, that's all my life has been is moving and change and, you know, uh, having money one week and not having money the next week. So a lot of variables, but I was thinking I want stability. And so anyway, so before the end of that second year, I saw those videos and I really felt like I needed to do that. So I had completed my two years in college, you know, up in, in New York, but without that worship team, without that family, I don't think that I would, would have been poised to, once I started that Bible school, they had a ridiculously awesome worship team there that I just thrived in and grew in listening to the Holy Spirit and moving where he went in song and in music. And it was just, again, another great training ground for me to, to, to move me along where he wanted me to go, you know, my life purpose. Yeah, I, I just sense you had to be taken away from your comfortable environment. Yes. yep. So you had your identity in him alone. Yes. And now, now, I mean, you're, tell us what you do now. Right. So now I am a part of the worship team. Big surprise. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been doing that for years and I've been a part of that church for almost 15 years. Pretty much most of those years have been in just the worship team and and leading and stuff. And then uh, I also... Uh, give voice lessons. So I teach others how to sing. And which is really crazy even to think how I even came about to doing that because I never finished my vocal degree, 
But I remember six years ago, you know, some, uh, this mom's like, oh, my son, my son has such a beautiful voice. I want him to sing like you. You have such a beautiful voice. Can you give him lessons? And I thought, I, I don't know, but let, let's try it. <laughs> so $25 an hour gave my first voice lesson and fast forward here I am now. And, you know, six, almost seven years later, you know, I've got almost 18 students and, you know, it's not a full-time job. I'm a, I'm a mom as well of three right. girls. So, uh, but I'm, you know, I, I am, I have never felt more fulfilled than I do now. And it's because of his faithfulness to me. And because even when I didn't know what to do or where to go, and I think that's, if anyone can take away anything from this, it's he is faithful to you even when you don't know how to be faithful to him or you don't know what to say or how to pray. Because that was really, it was hard. I didn't know what to pray when I was in college. You know, I had a relationship with him, but I didn't know how to connect with God because I didn't know what he wanted, if he wanted anything, if he, was I making, you know, big thing was, was I making bad mistakes? Did he not like it that I was going to club, you know, going clubbing or whatever? And, you know, all of these kind of uh, thoughts of an, of an image of, of a father who is conditional, and I, I just, I, I want people to know that he is, he's good for it. He's good for you. He's faithful and he will guide you even when you don't know what to do or where you're going. Love this scripture. And it's actually the message version in Romans eight, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. And I really feel in that season in, during college, I, I didn't know what to say, but he was there interceding for me because he knew where I needed to go and where he wanted to take me. You know, uh, He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. So I, I, I love that scripture because it takes the pressure off of you as a son and daughter of God to, to try to, to have the pressure to be right where you think God needs, wants you to be that, that you might have this season like I did in college where you don't know what's going on. You don't know who you are. You don't know what God wants, but he is faithful to get you to A to B. He's faithful. He's, he says that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And so, and he's good and he's kind and he's faithful and he's a good father, you know? So yeah, that's kind of... Thank you so much. You know, I've been having people close with a prayer, Yeah, but I just want to ask you if you feel comfortable maybe closing in a little song for Ooh. us you know whatever you feel comfortable doing either okay. or but I would love it since you are living out his purpose and plan mm -hmm. for your life yeah what can I sing I'd love to sing something why don't I just sing amazing grace amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. 
was blind, but now I see. Thank you for tuning in. For more information or to connect with today's guest, you can email us at info at thetestimonyrevival.com, go to our website at www.thetestimonyrevival.com, or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Testimony Revival. We'll be back next week with a new guest and another amazing story of how Jesus transforms lives.